Okay, welcome to uh, the screencast where we're going to talk about uh, how to manage passwords um, on the web. So first a little bit of uh, history. Um, I was a student um, at uh, Israel's Institute of Technology back in 1987, so wow, over 20 years ago. And at the time, um, we had actually access to the internet already. So when I used to go to college, I don't know about your experience, but I could go and log into a Unix shell and I could you know, do FTP and I could do all kinds of things um, um, in there. And, and it was the internet. It was the back, backbones of the internet. Now, you didn't have a graphics inter interface like you have today. There was no Windows even, not even Windows 3.1, right? Uh, there were some there were some graphic shells for Unix, but they weren't that advanced. And a few years later, Windows 3.1 came out, and in, I think it was back in 1993 or 94, um, Mosaic came out. And Mosaic is uh, was the first browser. Uh, let's actually look at Mosaic. And let me see if I can find it. Yep, it's NCSA, but I actually want to look at the uh, Wikipedia entry. Um, is my connection okay? Just seems a little bit slow. Well, this is the white one, and I'm oh, using okay. the yellow one. Uh, yeah. There we go, it came up. Well, but that's the mosa <laughs> wrong mosaic. We're looking for the Mosaic uh, browser. So let's see if we can find the Mosaic browser. There we go, the Mosaic web browser. And here we go. It was 1993, and it, they had a version for Windows, and then later they created different versions. In fact, if you go to NCSA today, um, you can actually download Mosaic, and I did it earlier, and I have a version here. Uh, that I can actually run. And here it is, the first browser that was ever there. Now with the first browser, it was pretty cool. Today we have much more modern browsers, right? We have Internet Explorer, we have Firefox, etc. But I remember at the time, even at the time, I started using Mosaic, and this was in Windows 3.1, and you had to download this thing called TCP IP stack, and it, you know, it wasn't simple, not like today. Um, but even at the time, I remember going to a site and all of a sudden you know like you go to a Wells Fargo site and there was a username and password right they already started at the time having username and passwords and I had to enter username and password and since then I've been you know we all enter usernames and passwords um, hundreds thousands of times right and there are a few issues with it um, for example what do you what do you guys do do you use the same password on all websites that's why yeah, Right, but that's that's good because it's uh, it's um, convenient, but it's not secure at all, yeah, right? And it's hard because sometimes the link to the website is hard to different other regions. So I have to change my pattern of password every time. That's right. <laughs> so you can go with a pattern as well, and right? Uh, and other thing, like depending on that variety, like it's your banking site, you might have a strong password, but there's some portal website, like Alphonse site. That's right. So um, let's let's list here, you know, some uh, methods. You know, so first we have manual, right? Just a manual entry. 
um, and then let's here let's li list here security and let's list here um, uh, convenience you know and then uh, we can put here some description like pros and cons and things like that so manual is good uh, security uh, depends right some users might some sites might not have any any kinds of uh, strong password requirements and then users are going to type in you know their pet's name or their kid's name and then it's not secure at all so I'm going to say not secure right because most of the time it's not um, convenient yes um, then maybe we can say how about manual but with a pattern right so it's like you're using a certain pattern or the same one when you go in another problem with that is that many websites store the passwords in unencrypted format so what happens is if you get an unscrupulous uh, uh, database administrator he'll go in and many usernames are your, is your email address right and he'll see your email address and then he'll see your clear password and now he'll say ah maybe I should go to Wells Fargo and try that and maybe I can get into uh, Sung's account right because he knows your password or your pattern if you use the same password everywhere or the same pattern everywhere right so I did the same thing, by the way. I mean, I went through all of this using a pattern, etc. Um, another option that you have is um, to uh, use a third-party program to manage your passwords. So I use, for example, this program called uh, Flex Wallet, and I've used it for two, three years. The first time I started using it was in uh, 2005, and it actually served its purpose pretty well. Let me just check something quick here. Let me go here and let me go quickly to the options. Hold on. I don't want to unmask my passwords when we're viewing them. There we go. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this was pretty cool. You know, I, I they they have a version for the desktop and they also have a, f a version that syncs with your phone. It's called the Flex Wallet. Let's see if they have a link here about Flex Wallet. And let's go visit product homepage. Let's wait a few seconds while it loads. Oops, that's not good. Let's try again. Well, I'll start the program again. Let me just down go to the web page in the meantime. Yeah, Pocket Informant is the uh, the app. I think Informant. They have e-wallet. So I guess they bought e-wallets now, and they kind of merge Flex Wallet and e-wallet together. But that's the idea. It's the same same kind of uh, thing. So I'm gonna call here a uh, you know third party third party application. Um, and I'll put the link in here so you, you have it. So, for example, like Flex Wallet. Let me just save this so we don't lose it. So, this app is pretty cool. Um, let me run it again and I'll show you how it works. First, there's one master password. So, I don't have to remember every single password that I have. I have one password on this Flex Wallet file. And as I type it in, it logs me in. 
it allows me to organize it in different folders and I can easily create a new entry so if you know, if I want to create a new card I can you know they they have different templates for different types of passwords that you want to keep and I'll say online website and then it'll ask me for the name so let's say I can say this is my uh, about Gmail with my Gmail and this is uh, gmail .google com and then my username you know will be in there Emmanuel Una now here you type in your password that you want you wanted to store right and you can type in a manual one but what it has is if I click OK it created my Gmail entry here my fake one but it has here a tool called the uh, uh, password generator so in the password generator I can say lower alphabetic numerical characters for example I can say password length let's make it 10 and then upper alphabet and then I say generate and it generates something completely random you know this is a strong password you know it's not in a dictionary it's going to be different for every website that you go to and it's very strong and then I can copy to clipboard and I can go over here and then I paste it in here and now I have it um, they also have a, an option where you can sync to your phone so you have a little app if you have a Windows mobile device uh, then you can you have all your passwords in your Windows Mobile too. So again, if we look at this from uh, security, security is great for this one, right? Because you're generating really strong encrypted passwords that are not from a dictionary and they're different for every website. But from convenience, eh, not really, right? Because every time that I go to a website, I now have to run this app. I have to type in my master password. I have to go and look for the entry. Plus, what happens if I'm on the on the go? You know, I'm I'm in an internet cafe in in Thailand. How am I going to get that password? Right? I'm going to remote desktop into my house, or do I have to carry my phone everywhere? So convenience, not so convenient, but pretty secure. But it w it's better than a manual password, that's for sure, because at least you don't have to remember them at all, and you're getting strong encryptions. Now the third one uh, that I found recently and is the one that I've been using for 90% of my sites is this one called SuperGen Pass. And let me just SuperGen Password. All right. I have the link somewhere. Hold on. SuperGen Pass. Here it is. So the URL is supergenpass.com and let me show you how it works so this is um, MD5 JavaScript and here's the the URL and here's the idea the idea with super this guy he's, he's it's not a company or anything it's just a private individual and he had this he was thinking about how do I solve this problem of passwords just you know everything that we've been discussing so far and he came up with an idea. What if, on the one hand, he wanted convenience. On the other hand, he wanted security. He wanted both at the same time. So how did he get it? He said, what if I have one master password that I can remember, that I can use across all my sites, but at the same time, every website would have a different password? And how does he do that? He wrote some JavaScript code, and he took an MD5 um, an MD5 implementation of the JavaScript code. So MD5 is one way, a one-way hash, right? So if I 
I start with a string and I do an MD5 of that string, it's now encrypted, but I can't decrypt it. I can't go back, right? And he added that to um, a JavaScript that he makes available here on supergenpass.com. And let me show you the mobile version first. The mobile version is actually a page that's a JavaScript form. So it's only on the browser itself. It's not like when you click on generate here, it's not going to a server. It's just doing something here on the client. In fact, I'm going to show you that that's true. I'm just going to save this page to my desktop. Supergen Pass mobile version. And I'm just going to put it on my desktop. I'm going to close the browser. And I'm actually going to just open it from my local machine. So I'm not going to the server. I'm just here on my local machine. And the idea here is, let's say my password, I'm going to create, let's create a master password. Uh, uh, lunch 456, okay, for example. Now what it does is, whenever you go to a website, it will take the domain name of that website and use that as the seed of the MD5 encryption. So the, the, the generated password, your, your master password is always the same. It's lunch456. But because it's using a different seed every time, the generated password with the MD5 is going to be different every time. So for example, if I use cnn.com as the site URL or domain name, my password is lunch456, but notice that my password is gxs6mcf6, etc., right? But if I use google.com as the as the domain name, when I generate, I get something completely different, right? So here's how, let me show you how it works. When I want to go to a website, and let's say I want to go to, uh, let's see, what can I show you here that I can log into? Uh, not banks. <laughs> let me show something else. Um, let me just do Gmail for now. Actually, why don't we create an account on a on a on a site? The Flickr, you can create an account in there. Yeah. But it's a Yahoo account, isn't it? Uh, now it's Yahoo. Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I want something like really simple. Photo bucket. Okay. And it's simple to create an account there. Okay. So let's, I don't have an account on PhotoBucket, we'll, we'll create one together. So when I say join now, so it's two things that you use SGP in two ways. The first, first I'm going to show you how to use it and then I'll show you how to configure it. Um, sign up, it's free. So username, I'm going to type in uh, Emmanuel Huna. Now password, I'm going to enter my password, which is going to be my lunch456, right, just my my random one, lunch456. Now, I'm not going to say next step here because I don't want my password to be lunch456. I want my password to be the encrypted version of lunch456. So what I do is uh, simply over here, there's a, there's a, uh, a links. Hold on here. Where is the um, toolbars? I have it in, but I want to see my links. There we go. There's my links here. Ah, I don't have it here. Um, I, oh, you're right. It is in my bookmarks. Now that's not it. Hold on. Just give me one second. Let me set this up for one second.
I had set it up on another computer, so I need to set it up here quickly. We'll get back to this. In, actually, if I'm here, I'm going to show you how to set it up. So you want to set it up so within one click, you're encrypting your passwords, right? So you don't want to go to the website every time because that would kill the, the, the whole point. So there, it works with Firefox and Internet Explorer. So let me do it. Actually, now I think I know why I wasn't seeing it because I, I do it with Firefox typically instead of Internet Explorer. There we go. I have SGP here. So let me show you how it works, and then I'll show you how to how to <laughs> configure it afterwards. So here's Photo Bucket. Let's do a join now. Let's uh, click on. Let's enter username and password. Lunch four five six. Lunch four five six. And now I have a button here called SGP. But you notice as I hover over it that all that button is is a JavaScript function. It's not going to that supergenpass.com site. It already puts the, the JavaScript on the browser in here. So there's no way that somebody can change this JavaScript. This is yours. You can actually save it and take a look at it. It's just JavaScript. It's just using an MD5. When I click on this button, notice that the JavaScript function did two things. It, it took the original password that I had and then encrypted it using MD5. Now it shows this window to show you that that happened, and you can do a show hide to see the results. So here is my original password, and then here is what my photo bucket password is going to be. And by default it shows a star, so if somebody's behind you, you don't see it, but you can look at it. So it also changed the background of the, of the, the password text box, so you know that it's now encrypted. It's now using this version right here. So now when I say next step, I'm not using lunch 456 I'm using that ZX8 whatever it is right so now let, let me finish this up uh, for email I'll just use this and then this actually I'm not gonna put my I'm gonna say I'm born some other year 1934. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I'm part of Photo Bucket. But now let's do a logout. We saw how we created the password, but now let's say I want to log in again. So if I click on login, I'm gonna it's username or email now the password here again I don't have to remember the complicated one I just type in lunch 456 and now if I click on SGP boom it found ah actually it found that incorrect master password oh sorry it's just warning me it has an option I'll show you I re I have a real password that I use lunch 456 is not it Right, this is just an example that I created. So it's warning me you didn't type your correct master password. This is an option that you can have if if it's a computer you trust. It encrypts it so it's secure. Uh, but it's just a, a little warning. But I know that this is lunch four five six is not the right one. So I'll just click on login. And now it works. So now on every website that I'm in, I only have to remember lunch four five six and it's really secure, right? We get both security and convenience. So let's go back over here. Security, yes. Convenience, yes. 
yes and no. So the JavaScript you can have, um, you can install it on a browser, but sometimes you're right. Sometimes either JavaScript is not supported, like they turn it off, or it's a pain to go to an internet cafe and install it, you know, every time, right? Um, so what they have, what you have is something called SuperGen uh, Mobile, SuperGen Pass. Uh, where is it? Let me just go there again. SuperGen Pass.com. There's a mobile version. So you don't need anything to be installed. You can even do it on an iPhone just by opening a browser. You just type in your, pa your master password here. Right, you're an internet cafe in Thailand. You open this another browser page. You just go lunch four five six, and then you type in photobucket.com, and then you generate, and then boom, you have it. And then you just copy and paste it in there. So it's true that it's not as as convenient, but it's a lot more secure than than anything else that that you might have, right? And ninety percent of the time, you're either at work or at home or using your laptop. It's it's rare when you're when you're on the road but even when you're on the road it works and it also works on your phone so if you have a, a Windows mobile phone you can use this and remember this mobile page right here you can save it anywhere so it, you don't have to go to their website you can just save it it's just a an HTML page with a lot of JavaScript in it right so let me show you how to set it up I don't think I said I uninstalled yesterday from Internet Explorer we'll set it up there um, Actually, let's do Firefox first, and then we'll do Internet Explorer. So to set it up, you go to supergenpass.com, and you click on the Home button, and then you choose your browser. Uh, it's different if it's Firefox or Internet Explorer, and I'll cover both scenarios. If it's Firefox, it supports very long URLs. So they put all of the JavaScript inside the favorite URL. So that's the option that I'm going to choose right now. I'm using Firefox. And then you have a level of security. You can enter your master password each time, but you, you can enter a password but use a hash to verify it, or you can hard code your master password into SuperGenPass, right? So you don't have to type it in every time. It will just do it for you. You just click on the button and it will just do it. Um, I, I wouldn't use option number three. That's not an option for me because I, I really use this a lot and I don't... Somebody hacks into this, I don't want it. Option number two, I would use it pretty much anywhere. Because all they are doing is, as you enter your master password here, they're creating a hash of that and just and just storing it here on your local machine. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So it's just comparing it. Once that you create the hash of whatever you're entering, it's comparing the two and giving you that warning on the top. So I, any computer that you own, any laptop or desktop at work or at home, option number two is fine. If you're an inter in an internet cafe, then just use option number one, because you don't want to s even save the hash of your password in there. There's no need for it. You're not going to go back to that to that computer anyway, right? Uh, let's check the. Okay. So I'm gonna, since this is my laptop, I'm going to say enter your password, master password each time, and. Now, when I say build bookmarklet, all that it does is it takes the JavaScript function, md5s whatever I, I typed in 2a and 2b, and creates now this JavaScript code that will 
generate the password. Now here I can right click and I can say bookmark this link. Right? It's just a link. Now there are two two things that I do. Um, you can put it in your bookmarks toolbar, right? Typically you can put it in your book bookmarks menu, so it will just appear in bookmarks. And I'll, I'll do that right now, so I'll just say done. So if I do that, it will appear over here as, as GP, right? But you can also add it to your links uh, thing right here. So if I go over here and I say bookmark this link, and now I say in the bookmark toolbar, now it appears over here. So now I'm I'm one button away from wherever I go to just click on that button, just like I showed you before. So let's you know let's try it. If we go to PhotoBucket, PhotoBucket.com, and I'm gonna log out because I'm still logged in. And then let's log in again. And then I'll go spam. Ehuna.org. Lunch four five six. SGP it. It still says my incorrect master password because I, I didn't type lunch 456. I didn't want to break my SGP. I typed in my real password when I created the, the, the bookmarklet. And then if I log in, it works. So within one click, you can both log in or you can uh, do the other one. Now in Internet Explorer, it's a little bit more complicated. Let's go to um, Internet Explorer and let's go to Home. So the first thing is that the browser cannot handle long bookmarks, right? Because uh, it can only handle a certain number of characters. So it cannot stuff all of the JavaScript in the bookmark itself. Therefore, it needs to, in the, in the URL, it's going to download the JavaScript file from somewhere, from some server. Now, you can use their website, which is this site right here, supergenpass.com, you know, this supergenpass.com sgpv4.js or I actually prefer it what I do is I take their file I save it and I'll put it for example on my desktop so now I have that JavaScript file and I put it on my own web server and I'm not gonna say where it's at but that it that's the idea you you, you put you you can put you know it's very easy today to have like web hosting uh, you can get a blogger account where you can upload files. And then you put that JavaScript in there. The only reason, you could use his. I mean, I don't think he's going to do anything. But the problem is that he could change his JavaScript in the future if it's hosted on his server, right? Uh, I'm not, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, unless Internet Explorer allows you to put in C something in here. We can try that. Let's see if it works. So I put it on the desktop right now. Uh, here it is. So let's go to computer. Actually, where is that file? Here it is. Let me copy it to just the root of C. And we'll try that. So let's say I just put it in my C backslash. Uh, actually, you know what? This is a, this is a bad place because we'll, we might have Vista permissions issues. So let's put it on... Uh, how about, how about we, user the, we, we just use this, CE users Huna desktop. And then we'll go there, and then it's already there. And we'll use this. 
So now, instead of having a web server, we'll say something like this, right? So let's try. Uh, I'm going to say each time that's fine, and now let's build MOOC market. Okay, it added it here. So now let's say uh, save target as, uh, sorry, uh, add to favorites. So Internet Explorer is just giving you the warning because it has JavaScript in it and it knows that that's not safe. We'll just say yes and we'll just put it at the root of the sales. We'll call it Super Gen Pass Local, like JS Local. And we'll add it to the favorites. Okay, let's try it out. Let's go to uh, photobucket.com. And I'm not going to be logged in because this is IE, not not Firefox. So um, where do I log in? Here. Okay. Spam at .org. And then here I'm going to type in uh, lunch456. And now let's try our favorites over here. And let's try this guy. Yeah, it didn't work. I, I didn't think that it would work. So so typically what I do is, like I said, it's very easy for you to save this file locally and then put it on a web server that you have access to. Right. Well, but this is just downloading the JavaScript. So, so right now I'm just going to use their their location and I'm going to create it again. We're going to build the bookmarklet and we're going to say add to favorites. We're going to say yes and we're going to say uh, super gen pass. Uh, I'll, I'll just call it uh, server, their server. And now if I go over here and I try the same thing, I'll go to favorites, but this time I'll do server. There you go. Now it worked. So now it now what it did because it's Internet Explorer, it just it had to go. It ran a little bit of JavaScript to just go and get the actual big JavaScript file from the server, and then that big JavaScript file contains the MD5 uh, encryption libraries. So you can put it on your local host if you have uh, if you ha if you have IS running, then there's no issue. Yeah, you can just say HTTP local host. That's a great idea. Uh, or you can open a blogger account or any of any one of those sites that allow you to upload files and then you'll have your own link. Or you can use his. You know, a lot of people use his. They don't think he's going to do anything. I prefer not to, if, especially if I'm using this for passwords, you know, for sites that, I, that I'm really accessing. So, but, or you can use Firefox and then, then there's no issue, right? It's right there on the browser and, and that's it. So, so how would he do that? He would have to. Well, first of all, you can look at this JavaScript. So I, I looked at it. I didn't see any code where he was going to his server anywhere. This is just hash code, MD5 hash code. But you, you can scroll through it. It's not that big. Look, I. It's a few pages, and I did. This is all local. So you have the source code of the JavaScript. Now, your question is correct, that if you're using his version, 
then he can change the JavaScript at any time and all of a sudden start sending the password somewhere. That's why I'm saying don't use his version. You know, use either use Firefox and put it there, or um, use Internet Explorer and then one of the things that we discussed uh, before. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is great for anything in in the ASP.NET world. We call it web forms because it's a form that's on the web. It's an HTML form, right? But it's not good, for example, when we're trying to access um, something like this. Let's say I'm trying to go to the uh, Calix Mail, then I get a dialog like this, right? I can't run SuperGen Pass in here because I can't even access my. What I can do is use the mobile version. Right, I can open a browser and use the mobile version. So that's one way to tackle these passwords. So the last tip that I'm going to do is if you buy a new laptop today, for $20, $30, you get one of these fingerprint scanners. And um, you can just scan your, your fingerprint, and then it will remember the password. They will associate your fingerprint with the password of the site. So for example, here, I scan my fingerprint, and I can register the password of this website. So let's try it again I'm gonna say I'm gonna actually do a nectar zero, zero. Uh, I'm gonna actually type in one of my passwords here and then here I'm gonna say I'm gonna scan my finger and I'm gonna say register and now it says your registration was saved with name connect to sjmailcalixsoftware.com right? and then let me cancel out actually let me close the browsers and let me open it up and if I go again to uh, Calix Mail, I get the password dialog. The password says, this dialog has already been registered. Swipe your finger to replay the registration. And now I just swipe my finger. And then, boom, it types in the password and logs me in automatically, which is great, right? Because now I don't have to type anything. It's secure and it's convenient, right? It's not as secure as SuperGenPass, though, because, again, uh, unless you you type in like a random password every time, but now if you have a random password, how do you get back to it? If if your fingerprint swapper stops working, or if, if you are in another computer, so it's not perfect. It's just another option that that you can use. So I'm just gonna say here fingerprint how reader. Right. I haven't run into that, but I would say you would just like you would have a second master password. That's a fairly easy, or increase the length, and you create a new super gen password. Then maybe you have two. You can bookmark as many as you want, right? So you can have a super gen pass ten, super gen pass eleven, super gen pass twelve, and just use those three. Oh, so you create the you when you go in in here on the when you're setting it up right oops let me stop my antivirus here for a second when you're setting it up it asks you for the for the um, the number of characters that you want on your password 
So you can just change that and create uh, another bookmarklet. Right. So right. Why not the only that's right, because the other things are just your well, your ma you could change your master password as well. But now you're back to the problem yeah, where you have multiple right. master passwords, and when you go to one, are you going to use that one or that one? So I, I'm saying it's easier to just change the length, and then you just have two bookmarklets, one of ten, one of eleven, and then you just use one of them when you go to the site. Uh, because that length is is uh, is related. No, it's related to how many characters it's going to create. No, what I mean is like the length is per master password. Not per master password. The, pas the master password is the same. If I go in here, my, pas mm -hmm. my master password is always lunch456. I'm not changing that. The site is photo, photo bucket, right? photobucket.com. Now, if I generate it with 10, it comes out that way. Right. But if I generate it with 11... It comes out this way. If I generate it 12, it comes out this way. But if you set that up way, then you're like other sites. No, but you can have multiple. You can have multiple bookmarklets. Multiple favorites. So most sites don't ask you to actually change. Like there are some sites that do, but most sites don't. I Gmail won't tell you to change your password after two months. Calix does, but. But that's a corporate thing, you know. Most, 99% of the sites don't. So you'll have your one bookmarklet called SuperGen Size 10, right, that you'll use 99% of the time. When you run into that problem that you have to change the password, now you use the 11 one or the 12 one. They are? Okay. Well, here's what you could do. Name your bookmarklets when you come in here and you say home, right? I'm over here. I'm going to create one and I'm going to say my browser handle long bookmarks and I'm going to say enter master password. Um, I'm going to say here, how about we use uh, 15 characters and then when I build it, when I uh, bookmark it, I'm going to call it SuperGenPass2008, you know, 15 characters. And now I know that this is the one. Or if you want to be very specific, SuperGen Pass, uh, my bank. You know, you know that this one is because they keep asking you to change, so you have one for them. You know, that's, that that you change, you keep changing all the time. So it's a lot easier than keep track of every single password of every single website. Like there's, this is only the exceptions. Like right? you only need one or two bookmarks for that. What about changing passwords? That you Okay, so let's try that. Let's say I'm at photobucket.com, right? And then I go in here and I go to spam at tihuna.org and I'm going to type in my password and I'm going to use my SGP one button click right over here. It changed it. You can actually move it, by the way, if it's in front of you and you, you, would, you don't want to look at it. Uh, oh, wrong button. <laughs> let's try again. Oh, let's do a login. And let's try again. I go in here. Now I say login. And now there should be an option in here to actually change your password, right? So we'll go to uh, account options. I've never used the site, so I'm just going to look for it. Uh, username, 
change password. Here we go. So let's go in here. So now, this is tricky because it says current passwords, then new password, and confirm new password. So depending on the site, sometimes it's okay. Let's say now I want to change the password to uh, lunch457, right? So first thing I'll try is I'll just type to type type in lunch457, and then I'll click on SGP. Notice that it found it, and now it encrypted it. So now it's, you know, I typed in lunch457, and it encrypted it to something different than what it was before. It's now CJ40, etc. And now I come in here. I can't type in lunch456 and try to use SGP again, because then it's going to encrypt it again. So what I do is I go and use the mobile version. So I just go to uh, Super Gen Pass, which could be on your computer, right? I go to the mobile version. I come in here and I say lunch456, the site URL or domain name. Oh, by the way, one thing that I didn't talk about is that um, don't use the whole web server. So this is, for example, s514photobucket.com, but just use the photobucket.com. This way, if you're accessing different servers or different uh, services of the same domain, it just works. A typical example is Google. You might be using Gmail or you might be using uh, Google Docs or any other one of their apps. and It will just work because it will be Google.com. And by default, that's what SGP does if you just use the bookmarklet. It uses just the photobucket.com or Google.com, not S514photobucket.com. So I go in here in the mobile version. I say photobucket.com, 10 characters. And boom, now I've got my old password. I just come in here, I copy, and I paste it. And then when I click on save, now I've got, well, didn't work, probably because I forgot one other thing, but that's how you do it. I don't know why I didn't work. Maybe the size was wrong when I when we did it or, or something. Mm -hmm. The one, one last remark. It depends on the page, because some pages are not like this. Some pages, they might say, they might not even ask for the current password at all, and then it just works. Or some might ask before, and then you can use SGP twice. So, you know, you're covered regardless of what, of what it is. You can use the mobile version to get that, that one. But good question. That's right. That's right. It uses that as the seed. And that's the beauty of it. Because every single password that you create is going to be different. So if you have a database administrator that goes in and, and looks at the passwords, it's just going to look like random characters to them. And it's going to be different than any other website that, that you might have. And that's it for today. Um.